Thank you for joining us for another Hagley History Hangout. My name is Gregory Hargreaves, Assistant Director of the Center for the History of Business, Technology, and Society at the Hagley Museum and Library in Wilmington, Delaware. Now, you know, during these History Hangouts, we like to bring you some of the great research being done by folks who have used the historical collections at the Hagley Library, especially scholars who have received support from the Hagley Center in the form of research grants and fellowships. Now, one such scholar joins me today. I am speaking with Ivana Zimbrek, a PhD candidate at Central European University, and we'll be discussing her dissertation project titled Links in the Chain, Department Stores, Modernization of Retail, and Transformations of the Urban Environment in Socialist Yugoslavia, 1950s through the 1980s. Ivana, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're welcome. Uh, let's start by painting with broad strokes. What is it you are researching and writing about? So yeah, as you mentioned, um, my dissertation is basically trying to depict uh, the history of department stores in socialist Yugoslavia. But the focus that I have is, since it's a, like a very broad topic, the focus that I have is kind of specific. So what I'm trying to show is how different expert groups, expert communities uh, focused on the relationship between modernization of retail and the development of urban space hmm. in the context of Yugoslav state socialism in the period from the late 1950s to the late 1960s. Uh, so what I'm interested in is more in this process of planning and imagining the role of department stores and other commercial uh, sort of spaces within the city, both like in a physical sense, but also in a kind of social and economic sense. So my main expert groups are um, experts in retailing, which are different kinds of professionals that worked for retail enterprises uh, in socialist Yugoslavia. Um, my second group are architects and urban planners who had a specific focus on designing retail spaces, but also in designing this sort of position of sort of commercial zones within cities. Uh, and the third group is a bit, let's say, more vague, but it's kind of experts in local authorities. So it's it's actually uh, kinds of groups which connect uh, sort of professionals and different kinds of uh, representatives of different kinds of expertise who were particularly interested in developing sort of social life within uh, cities. So they were interested in this local governing and they had their own kind of groups and organizations. Hmm. Well, what kind of questions are you asking about these groups and their motivations? Yeah, what, what I'm trying to see is sort of how they imagine the role that department store or the self-service department store, which is actually important to mention here because this aspect of self-service uh, is uh, sort of what I see as being for these experts, the kind of foundation for modernization of retail, which mm. is supposed to take place from the late 1950s um, in Yugoslavia. And sort of my idea is to see how these different people like imagine and planned um, the this spaces of modern retail within the city and sort of the reason that i'm interested in this in particular is that usually for state socialism the factory is in fact this kind of very emblematic uh space in economic terms and social terms and cultural terms even so what i was more curious in is then what happens with department stores uh which in socialist yugoslavia there are actually quite a few and how sort of these experts these professionals um were 
kind of seeing the role of these uh, spaces and how this role is supposed to be sort of uh, kind of connected to more broader economic and social agendas of the Yugoslav state and its specific features, but also to actually the, the people and the citizen and the communities who live in urban areas. And here mm -hmm. I specifically really focus on, uh, on uh, urban spaces. And the reason why I'm always emphasizing this idea of planning and imagining, let's say, is that although, of course, I also cover, you know, sort of how stores uh, were built, how many of them actually uh, were like active, how they looked like in practice. What I'm also really interested in, and this is why I have like this focus on expertise, is to see, um, you know, maybe to just take really seriously the kind of actual plans that these different groups had for these stores. Although, of course, um, you know, the final result might not have been like completely in accordance because for me, this idea, this order, this aspect of this imagining is also like mm, to see in a more intellectual and ideological and in cultural sense, like what, what these professionals group like wanted to do with uh, with modern retail and position of modern retail under a state socialist society. Yeah, that actually prompts my next question, which is for um, folks perhaps more familiar with the American context. Uh, department stores are really important emblems of consumer capitalism. And so mm -hmm. how did this um, type of retail establishment square with the uh, ideology and the, the values of a socialist system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a question that's kind of um, like the answer for it, which I can give on the Yugoslav case is different, perhaps in comparison to other uh, state socialist systems, uh, in the sense that historically, socialist Yugoslavia had this particular position, which is mostly interpreted as being between the blocks. So after 1948, Yugoslavia is breaking their, their relations in that period uh, with the Soviet Union, and it's kind of outside of the zone of uh, the so-called Eastern Bloc. Uh, and that really influences some of its economic and social and international, let's say, um, conditions and opportunities that it has. Mm -hmm. So actually from the late 1950s, the new five-year plan and the uh, so this new five-year plan basically imagines that now there, uh, there will be a sort of increase in production of uh, like so-called light industries, consumer goods, uh, not only production, but also import of these goods. Um, and uh, that there is also kind of let's say, contact between Yugoslavia and other Western countries, both, let's say, Western European, but also North American. In this case, in the late 50s, the United States plays a very important uh, very important role for uh, retail in socialist Yugoslavia. So in this sense, Yugoslavia had some kind of, let's say, more pioneering status in developing this consumer or what you would describe as like a kind of socialist consumer societies. Uh, I'm in my research. I'm also trying to give a bit nuance to this picture in the sense that um, sort of I think that this kind of inter mm, let's say in between position of Yugoslavia is also something that can be more critically approached. And it's not to say that Yugoslavia was specific in this uh, consumer societies under state socialism because they do develop in other Eastern Bloc countries also from the late 50s, 1960s. Um, you know, you have cases of 
Hungary and former Czechoslovakia, the GDR, etc. So they also have their own examples of retail spaces, of supermarkets, uh, of department stores. But let's say Yugoslavia is one of the countries that initially has been uh, following this and developing this kind of uh, trajectory and which also develops in a more, let's say, um, like expanded uh, version, not just in num terms of like number of the retail spaces here, supermarkets, department stores, but also in the number and the diversity of goods and their, uh, their basic availability. And for me also what I am kind of interested in showing in my research is that there was also a particularly active engagement with acquiring kind of transnational uh, expertise and transnational knowledge and technology, etc., like in contact between these Yugoslav experts, professionals, and uh, groups um, uh, in other countries, usually from what we would call the West. Hmm. Um, well, well, that's just a, a fascinating story, and it sounds to me like you've put your finger right on something very interesting. So Yugoslavia is sort of this third uh, path between the two blocks, as you say, and then you've put your finger on uh, these retail spaces as uh, as specific locations where you can examine some of this um, this overlap and sort of uh, mingling of systems. I think that's a, a, a really great project. Um, could you maybe pick out one of these experts and um, explain their vision, how they were imagining um, a, a retail space in state socialist third way Yugoslavia. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I think there, there are sort of different ways to show this. And I think some of them uh, overlap. Uh, one thing that is, for example, interesting is the is actually the introduction of the self-service system itself, <laughs> which is kind of like the argument as the sort of pinnacle of how a modern retailing system should look like. And this is very important for these Yugoslav experts in the late 1950s, because actually, as I've mentioned, so the economic program is advocating uh, for a kind of production, import of consumer goods, but also to increase the purchasing power of Yugoslav citizens, to increase the, uh, the living standard. Um, and for all of this, you would need to have not just a kind of developed uh, system of production and import, but also a developed system of retailing and kind of very expanded retailing networks. However, in the late 1950s, this is something that still actually doesn't really exist. Uh, and what happens is that the retailing systems that were still kind of the most common ones were those actually sort of descending from the period before the Second World War. So this kind of, you know, traditional retailing system where you sort of go into a store and you have to ask for products from the salesperson. Um, and of course, in this period, this is uh, deemed to be something sort of not economic, not efficient uh, enough. Uh, and instead, there is a kind of familiar familiarity with the self-service system, the local supermarket system. And this is something that the Yugoslavs want to um, develop and sort of um, introduce either into existing retail spaces or build through new retail spaces, both supermarkets and department stores. And I think department stores here play an important role for them because they were seen as a kind of the most economically viable retailing spaces because mm. uh, sort of in this Yugoslav pers 
perception for them, the department store would always include a supermarket. So it would include usually on the ground floor a place for selling groceries and these kind of everyday products. And then on if it had more floors, uh, these would also sell other types of consumer goods like clothing, books, appliances, et cetera, et cetera. But for them, the department stores always includes a supermarket. Mm. And because it sort of can encompass, as they say, all, all of these different goods under one roof, uh, it's much more economically efficient to build it in new neighborhoods. And this is something that's also interesting here because this uh, urbanization process is very rapid in this period from the early 1950s. So the cities are growing, both the capital cities and some mm. uh, like other uh, smaller towns. And sort of you, you have these new neighborhoods and you need to build like retail spaces for these neighborhoods and the supermarket the sorry the department store is this kind of considered to be this most efficient space because it will just have everything in one building and you don't need to have smaller smaller shops and since you're building a completely new area then you can also afford to have a particular zone devoted to the to this department store unlike for example in existing city space, which is already you know there from the 19th century so you cannot actually build a new large or any kind of new bigger department store building unless it already um, exists. Uh, so basically this introduction of the self-service system was something that was very important. And here actually the the the, the Americans, the so the US plays a really important role. And it's that basically uh, sort of in the, like in the mid 1950s, there is a kind of I think like a sort of conference um, in Zagreb about modernization of retail. And there's a sort of delegation from the US uh, and they speak about the self-service stores. So the supermarkets, which are these really like American inventions sort of, a sort of, you know, like a retailing model and technology that you can really uh, sort of trace its origin. And it's definitely in the United States. Um, and sort of one uh, one store uh, manager or director uh, who was there, he's inspired by the story. And he actually, in 1956, sort of opens the first supermarket uh, in Yugoslavia. Uh, and this, I think, very uniquely happens in a very small town in today's northern Croatia. And he actually does everything sort of this the people who work in the store they have to do everything by themselves because there is uh, no technology no equipment is being produced in Yugoslavia and it's a kind of let's say like an experimental uh, example of how they actually are inspired to introduce the self-service system but in a more let's say in a more uh, formal less experimental way I think the crucial event was the the American exhibition at the Zagreb Fair in um, 1957, mm. uh, which was, you know, a whole part of this kind of um, U.S. campaigns and international trade fairs, which had this very uh, sort of, you know, promotional um, aspect of how to promote the U.S. capitalism against any kind of communist tendencies. And as I mentioned, Yugoslavia had a very specific role here because uh, as being outside of the Eastern Bloc, it was very interesting for the U.S., which I think imagined Yugoslavia as a kind of potential Trojan horse that sort of they would influence them. And maybe this could sort of spread also into other um you know, communist or say socialist country. So basically uh, in 1957 at the Zagreb Fair, which was the most important Yugoslav uh, kind of trade fair, um, the, 
one exhibit in the American Pavilion was the supermarket. And it was like a very large, I think 9,000 square meters, like fully equipped supermarket. It had all the technology important for the United States. It also had all produce important from the United States hmm. because I think as Shane Hamilton who writes about this shows very well that actually the produce that you would also need to uh, be sold in the store also kind of didn't exist in Yugoslavia in this sense so it's not even just about you know the space the expertise the technology the equipment it's also like this project so they had to actually import everything and for the U.S. it's this kind of major propaganda like campaign but at the same the Yugoslav authorities are very supportive of it because they also see a very clear I think like economic advantage for them that after the U.S. leaves they basically take the whole store they take all the equipment um, and the store is rebuilt one year later um, in Belgrade so they here kind of take over this you know whole whole system in order to kind of sort of benefit it um and at the same time, like the, the Yugoslav authorities are also convinced and they kind of propose a plan to build, to continue building this kind of supermarkets in Yugoslavia in the late 60s. Um, and here, I think also when it comes to the issue of expertise and how the experts were interpreting this, I think mm -hmm. from the sources that I've seen, it's sort of very clear that the Yugoslav authorities are never denying that the self-service system is something particularly American. So it's, you know, it, they're aware of its history, that it originates for the, from, you know, the United States, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they see it as somehow, I mean, I think for them, it's kind of seen as a sort of model which doesn't inherently have to be capitalist, but rather it's a kind of retailing system which is really um, efficient, really rational. So it uses this kind of uh, discourse. Uh, and it's something that, according to them, would work really well under state socialism as well. Because under state socialism, uh, or under US state socialism in particular, you, you have like a focus on this rationalization of labor, on, for example, um, like having these bigger retail enterprises or department store chains, which could then plan the expansion of the store. So in, so in their eyes, they're kind of seeing this technology as something that is exists under capitalism, but it should be interesting for them under state socialism. And actually it could work perhaps even better because uh, just this, the state socialist economy or the kind of the they had was uh, sort of in their eyes a better system obviously than capitalism and therefore the this retailing very like rational retailing technology would work better so this is a kind of um like something that they've um like seen about this the stores mm -hmm. yeah I, I like uh using that term technology here uh for for the um supermarket model because it is um uh, as it were uh, a tool uh, for retail distribution that can be imported and applied in different ways. So what um, records at the Hagley Library did you dig into to help you uncover this story? Yeah, so when I came to Hagley, I had kind of several ideas. Um, I think one thing that I really wanted to see is actually, and which there is a lot to see at Hagley, is definitely just literature on supermarkets and on the self-service technology. Because I kind of, I sort of was able to find, let's say, Yugoslav sources on the topic, because as I mentioned, I'm interested in experts. And for me, what's what I also want to show is that these late 50s are not just a period of 
like it's not just that you have these first supermarkets or department stores emerging, but at the same time, you also have the emergence of expert knowledge on the topic, which just didn't exist before. So it's not only that they need to like import technology or import the equipment, um, but they also need to start developing like their own expertise. So for mm -hmm. example, like the Chamber of Commerce, they start in the 60s, early 60s, they start publishing like small booklets, which are explaining like what is self-service, what are supermarkets, what is self-service department stores. There are even booklets which are more oriented towards architects and urban planners. So how you're supposed to design it, like how the interior of the store is supposed to look like, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a kind of idea to sort of produce expert knowledge and spread uh, among these different uh, professionals. And this is something that's not only about, so here now I've been, I think, speaking more about retail professionals, but the architects and urban planners are also actually an interesting uh, example here, how they also need to um, sort of, you know, as people in charge of designing buildings and designing their space, they also don't have so much knowledge on how to do it in regards to supermarkets, departments, or just any kind of commercial centers. So what I wanted to do at Hagley was to also kind of look, let's say, into more US-based uh, books on supermarkets and uh, self-service system, just because then I could um, also, I think, compare the kind of knowledge um, that sort of what kind of knowledge is produced in the US and then what kind of knowledge is produced in Yugoslavia. And here, I don't necessarily can say that I will be able to find that there is some kind of um, overlap or like a direct reference, but just sort of to see like what was the, let's say points that were being emphasized. So that was one of my ideas. And I have find like several sort of books about it. Um, the other topic that I was interested in, obviously, is this more, let's say, international context between the US and Yugoslavia during the Cold War. So during this uh, period of the 1950s, uh, and I was interested in trying to see whether I would find sources that could help me paint both like a broader picture and maybe a more specific picture in relation to the um, uh, to this exhibition uh, at the American Pavilion at the Zagreb Fair. So, the exhibition itself, I mean, all the documents are held in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. So those I went to see there. But at Hagley, I think what was interesting is that, I mean, first of all, there was also a lot of uh, literature and some additional um, let's say material on this whole idea of international trade fairs and the U.S. involvement. Um, and then I've also looked into some other files, for example, of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, of the Foreign Trade Council of the National Association of Manufacturers to see how kind of like what kind of agendas that they had in relation to like this um, establishment and expansion of like state socialist countries actually. Um, and this I think was very interesting. I mean, uh, to be honest, a lot of material I think focused more on how to deal with the so-called communist threat within the United States, but there were also some kind of, I think, valuable um, sources about how to deal with the so-called communist threat outside of the United States. And again, here, I think this doesn't necessarily apply to Yugoslavia because to them, Yugoslavia was outside of the Soviet bloc and this communist threat 
communist red quotation marks, it sort of refers mm -hmm. most to, to the what they call the Sina Soviet bloc, so the Soviet Union, China, mm -hmm. and like in general, Eastern bloc. So Yugoslavia wouldn't necessarily fit here, but it was still interesting uh, to find some kind of sources to speak about this. Uh, and for me, I think what's kind of like what I found out interesting to think about maybe in or what I've sort of was started thinking more when I saw these US sources was basically this relationship between having a kind of um, sort of that there's this like economic dimension in this fight against communism for the United States. Um, and this economic dimension is something that the state participates in, so the government, but at the same time, it's something that this private initiative, private businesses are participating in as well, instead of how they are thinking like through uh, this relationship or like what their role is, what they could do uh, in the sort of what they call this overall struggle against like the Soviet threat. Mm -hmm. Well, what about um, that expertise, that expert knowledge about retail in produced in the United States and that produced in Yugoslavia? Um, it, did you find any significant overlap or parallels between the two or, or did you find that they were, were quite distinct in some ways? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I think actually the, that like, in a kind of foundational way that obviously there is an overlap in the sense that, and I think this is something that I, I've sort of tried to explain before, also for this idea of why I focus on planning and imagining is that, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to like description of the retailing system of self-service, when it comes to description of the architecture of these buildings, which fits into like in general, how architecture, like this architectural styles in sort of, um, like Western architectural styles in the 1950s, early 1960s, uh, interior stores, the equipment itself. So there is actually kind of no particular difference. I mean, in this, in this material aspects of the technology, its equipment, and also of the labor process, there is not really a difference in itself. Sort of what the main claim is that whatever this model, what this model looks like, it should be adapted into the local conditions. And what this means is that on the other hand, the economic conditions, so what their possibilities are into actually take these models. Um, and here, I think um, one relationship, which is also important, maybe in a more concrete sense, was the relationship between retail professionals in Yugoslavia and in West Germany. Mm -hmm. Because although this knowledge about self-service definitely comes from the US and from the US, it also appears in West Germany, when it came to like some really concrete business um, models and si systems, they actually had a direct contact with department stores and professionals in West Germany, and they would mm -hmm. visit them on business trips, etc. So this is perhaps a bit more like on the ground relationship. Um, so they were aware that actually, I mean, they felt that, yeah, these countries actually have much more developed all of these systems and we should learn from them, but we should also be conscious that we all, we have some kind of differences, like economic material differences, and we need to adapt these systems. What I think, and this is again, where this aspect of imagining comes into play is this interpretation, sorry, interpretation of what actually the role of these stores in general is supposed to be. So I mean, what they always emphasize is that the role is not necessarily like profit making, but it's to kind of, let's say, provide US of citizens with this variety of goods that they will be able to purchase in a very 
sort of rational in a very clean, very hygienic way, in a very what they call a cultural way. And this will both like increase the standard of everyday living for Yugoslav citizens, but then it will also somehow increase the quality of everyday life in general in urban and also later in rural spaces. And this kind of what's described as a kind of cultural level um, within the society, because mm -hmm. obviously all, all these like very rational, very efficient technology, um, very clean sort of ways of purchasing that no one is wasting their time and they can get what they want. Uh, and sometimes they even, I mean, what I found was very funny, they even emphasize the fact that in the self-service store, you don't actually need to communicate with anyone too much either. You can just buy your things and leave. And this is also psychologically good for some people. So they're really taking all of these different, I think, aspects into consideration. But yeah, the main idea is always it's not about profit making, it's about something else. And I mean, of course, we can interpret this as, yes, well, this is something that communists would say, but for me, it's like important to sort of take it all as like, to take it all seriously and to be like really interested in how they are uh, sort of seeing their role also as experts who are part of this uh, mm -hmm. system and who actually all the time themselves need to fight for the status of retail and retailing within the economic system, which is still always like um, privileging production and sort of factories and enterprises mm -hmm. rather than retailing. Mm -hmm. what does, what's the uh, narrative trajectory over the three or four decades that you're looking at? Uh, we've focused mostly on the 50s into the 1960s here. Um, what about the 70s into the 80s? Yeah, this is something that I'm still also thinking about and mm -hmm. still um, I still have to think how I will deal with this topic with the sources. The thing is that uh, the 50s and the 60s have much more sources, I think, mm -hmm. exactly because these are the periods where all of these things appear for the first time. So there is like this their bigger attempt to have expert production on the topic, which is lacking. And then I think it's also this attempt to kind of produce a lot of discourse about it, explaining what it is, trying to convince authorities that this is good, but also trying to convince Yugoslav citizens that this is something that they now have to participate in, because actually introducing the self-service system vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Yugoslav consumers also wasn't like such a very smooth process because it was, I mean, something that's very mundane for us now was something completely new back then. And the citizens also had to be kind of convinced uh, into participating in this kind of shopping. Um, what So this is something that I mostly focus on uh, in the 60s. So both the kind of like what happens during the 50s, what are some kind of initial attempts to um uh, introduce these retailing models and uh the self-service system and then how it develops in the 1960s and here i focus more i think on capital cities so uh in my research i focus on three republic capitals which are zagreb belgrade and sarajevo so in today's croatia serbia and bosnia herzegovina and i want to see uh sort of how these main retail chains developed in these like very big uh, urban areas where ha they had like a lot more focus on. Um, and then my ideas for the 1970s was then to see how um, these department store chains also expand into other smaller cities, smaller towns. I also have a few case studies here and my interest is to try to discover whether like whether there are some differences, if yes, how, what, what sort of 
what these differences are. And again, as I've said, because I have like a, this large urban focus, whether how we can also interpret the role of these kind of spaces within smaller towns, for example, or what was the kind of situation um, there. Um, and then the other thing for the 70s, which I'm also particularly interested in, is that sort of before, like the Yugoslav position in this uh, transnational exchange is rather that they are kind of taking influences from, let's say, the United States, from West Germany, from other Western European countries. But actually, during the 70s, uh, they are also more active in an association called the International Association of Communist Department Stores. Mm. Uh, and it's actually a group of different um, department store chains or usually it's state department stores from different communist actually uh, countries um, um, in Eastern and Southeastern Europe. And here I'm also interested in how they all came together and what was also how Yugoslavia understood its relationship towards these countries because Yugoslav were also self-conscious that they are not like a part of the Eastern Bloc and that they're also, also perceiving themselves as different and having a kind of different role. And then for the 80s, I mean, the 80s would be, I think, usually described as some kind of period of crisis. So there's also sort of economic crisis, which then requires economic stabilization. And I want to see what happens to retailing in these periods where you're not actually able to do much. So how they can deal with this crisis. Um, and sort of what I think is interesting here is that on the one hand, in this period from like the late 70s to the 80s, we ha also have the emergence of the first Yugoslav shopping center so now there's this mm -hmm. sort of like um a new uh, kind of retailing space which again today is something that's the most common one i guess like the shopping mall but still in yugoslavia there was the case of only this one so we sort of have this new retailing space but at the same time from the let's say from the mid 80s there's also now a new kind of um like an introduction of ideas of this kind of smaller enterprises and going maybe towards like um like again private initiatives in having like stores and in having some kind of commercial um commercial spaces which is something that they are now trying to deal with in the late 80s i think as they um yeah as they're dealing with this whole situation like crisis and seeing how they could reform it well Ivana, this is such a cool story. And thank you for taking the time to share it with us. No problem. And for the audience, if you would like more Hagley History Hangouts or more information about the Center for the History of Business, Technology, and Society at the Hagley Museum and Library, join us online. You can visit hagley.org. That's H-A-G-L-E-Y dot O-R-G. Don't be a stranger. <laughs>